You're listening to Being Autistic. I'm your host, Shelly, and I am a 50-year-old woman sharing my experiences about what it's like to grow up knowing I was different but not knowing why, how I learned I was on the autism spectrum, and what it's like to be autistic. Hello, everyone. In this episode, I'm going to talk about a trait of autism that pops up a lot, and it can be seen as a good or a bad thing depending on which word you use, and that is being childlike and being childish. So there's a big difference in these words, and I feel like it needs to be talked about because I have noticed a lot of people have said that they feel this way, that they feel childlike, and a lot of people get accused of being childish. And so I think it, it really depends on your perspective with these two words because th- they can be seen either way. So let's start with childish. I think the word childish is probably the more negative of the two words and a lot of people think that when you are seen as childish, it's not a good thing because it's seen as being immature. You are not acting your age, and you know, this is always negative. And I got this so much growing up. And what I really think it was, was I was just, as an autistic person, I was just more in tune with my childish side. And so I'll get a little bit more into that word, but I think it's it's really hard to convince people that you're not childish. <laughs> you know, the thing with being childish is it's it's how other people want you to be. And it's, you know, like nobody wants to act in ways to please others. You want to act what feels natural to you. And so I think the word childish is just, I hate that word. <laughs> and I hated when I was growing up and my mom would say that I'm being childish. You know, like, well, I am a child. How else am I supposed to act? And being an autistic child, I think, only made that worse because I've noticed that throughout my life, it's been a theme, like, even now, and I'm 50, even now, I find that I still gravitate towards things that other people, neurotypical people, would see as childish. Like, they're going to look at me and say... Why are you doing that? That's something that children do. You're being childish. And that can be so many things. It's not just my special interests. It's not just my hobbies. It's also ways that I act. You know, like, one of the things that I do is... I think this is a way of stimming, sort of. But it's also a child, a childlike response. When I'm really excited about something... Like, for example, I like the game Candy Crush. I play that all the time. And when I win a level, I will do this. I will shake my fists, not in an angry way, but like a yay, you know. And I'm doing it now as I'm sitting here. Like, I'm both my fists are waving in the air and I'm smiling and I wave them in the air like I just won a game, you know. Like, that's what I do when I get really excited about something. Even if it's... uh. You know, I could be in a bookstore and I find the book I'm looking for. I'll be like, oh my gosh, yay, it's here, you know, and I'll shake my fists and I'll get excited and wave my arms. 
And that's seen as a childlike trait, a childish trait, I should say. When you're an adult, it seems childish because most adults don't do that. And like another thing that I do is I spin the hula hoop and when I'm out in my yard spinning it, listening to my headphones, you know, that's probably seen as childish because 50 year old people aren't supposed to do that, you know, but I do it and to me, it is a childlike thing. It's not childish. There's a difference there. And so now I'm going to talk a little bit more about the word childish or the childlike. I think that word is a good word because I just have this um, view of life where I think, and it might be from being autistic, but it also might be just my personality. Maybe I would have always been this way otherwise, but I have this view of life where people should enjoy the things that they love and and not grow out of things. Whatever you love about life, why would you push it down and, you know, don't and not do it anymore? Like I never understood that. Like so many people that I talk to, they're like, "Oh yeah, I used to I used to ride my bike around the neighborhood all the time and then I'll say, well, why don't you anymore? And they're like, well, that's just what kids do. You know, adults don't ride bikes. And I'm like, yeah, adults ride bikes all the time. They make adult bikes. <laughs> so that's just one example of that. So I think that people need to be more open-minded. And when I say people, I mean neurotypical people that don't understand our childlike behaviors. They need to be more open-minded about what it means to be human. You know, I, I don't think we came to this planet to work, pay bills, go to appointments, and, you know, do housework. <laughs> like, that's not what I came here for, you know? Why can't people enjoy things? Why can't I hula hoop in my yard at one in the morning if I want to? Why can't I flap my arms in enjoyment when I'm happy about something? It's seen as a negative trait and they're, they're like, oh, you're so childish. Why do you act like a child when you're an adult? And I hate that. That's like a, tr it's, I mean, I'll say the word trigger, but it's not, uh, it's not like an emotional trigger. It's more like a irritational trigger. Like, when somebody will say, why are you like that? Why are you doing that thing? Why are you so childish? Stop being childish. I can't talk today. Why are you so childish? Why are you so immature? And I can't answer that. How can I answer when it's just me? It's just how I am. It's just how I act. I'm not purposely trying to act immature. Why would I purposely try to act like a three-year-old? <laughs> it's just my brain and that's how it is. And so I think it's, it's a struggle. And this is one of the reasons why um, social interactions are hard for us because this happens a lot and they're going to, and this might be a reason why people get bullied and tease. Even as an adult, I was teased and picked on and ridiculed for things that they saw as being childish. When really, I'm just, it's, it, it's an honest response to something I love. I see no point in hiding. 
my enjoyment for things. Like, and this goes into music, especially, you know, music's my favorite thing in the world. I've got another episode just about music. And so if you listen to that, you'll know how excited I get about it and how I feel about it. I feel differently about music than neurotypical people seem to be, seem to feel with it. So when I'm listening to music, I can't sit still. Like I'm rocking back and forth. I'm swaying. I'm, you know, I'm air drumming, air guitaring. I'm waving my hands in the air. I'm holding my hand to my heart and I'm just feeling the joy. I'm just like... I need the music to be loud so that I can in, be engulfed in it. And it's a complete sensory experience for me. And that's how children are with things they love. It's their world. You know, any go to any child and and watch them playing with their toys. They don't have much awareness of the world because they're so engulfed in their toy and their fantasies in their head and their little worlds that they're, you know, when they're playing with things and they're imagining things. And that's how I feel about the things that I love. And people see that as a childish trait. And I think that's bad. I think that they should see it as a childlike trait because uh, like I said, I see the world in such a way that we should express our joy. <laughs> we should not hide our joy. And <clears throat> honestly, since I've never been neurotypical, I don't know. Do they purposely hide it? Or do they just naturally outgrow the the ability to feel joy for things? I've never seen an adult feel as joyful about their hobbies as I do. Even when it comes to hobbies that I'm doing with other adults, I'm enjoying it way more than they are, like especially the music example. I'm standing there in my own little world, completely engulfed in the music, and I don't even want to talk to anybody. <laughs> and all the people around me are just having conversations, and I'm just like, I don't understand. Does does their brain lose the ability to enjoy? I mean, I yeah, sometimes they can enjoy things, but they don't it doesn't get to the level of where it is for me where it's the, the word engulf just keeps coming to my mind. I'm that's the only word that I can think of that accurately describes how I feel in it. I'm in the thing. Like, what's the point of having things to enjoy when you don't 100% get into it? And I think maybe adults, neurotypical adults, can't let go. Maybe they can't... Maybe it's their ego. Maybe they don't want to admit that they love something that much. Maybe they think it's seen as childish to enjoy things that much. Uh, so... Yeah, that's just another difference between neurotypical people and autistic people and how we view the world. They're never going to understand how deeply passionate we can be about topics, like the special interest thing. 
that's a good example too. I've got a separate episode about special interests if you want to listen to that one. And that's basically where you get so hyper-focused on a topic, a subject, an item, a thing, a person, a, an activity that it's overwhelming. Not overwhelming to you, but it's it's over. it overtakes your life in such a way that people think, you know, you're being childish. It's all you want to do is that thing, you know, like... Adults seem to feel like their life needs to include a certain amount of non-fun things. <laughs> like, I can't enjoy that all the time because I have to do this stuff that I don't enjoy. Otherwise, I'm not a real adult, you know. That's how I think that they must think. And for me, it's the complete opposite. I feel like life is here to be enjoyed and as much as possible, as much as humanly possible, we should enjoy it. And so I'm going to segue into a topic here that is probably seen as bad too, but it's like, I, I, I'm this way and I don't know if all autistics are this way, but I, I probably go too far with the whole thing of trying to enjoy life. Like, I don't want even like 1% of my life to not be enjoyable. And I, that does make me, it, it is a flaw, not a flaw, but more like a, it's a bad thing, I guess, that I avoid things that I shouldn't avoid because I'm too busy enjoying the things that I enjoy. And that's like, I don't, like I said, I don't know if that's just me or do other autistics do this? Like, you know, you're, you want to avoid things that bring you pain. You want to avoid things that overstimulate your senses. And so you're constantly, constantly striving to enjoy the moment as much as possible. And to me, it's, it's a very hard struggle because I know, like, even as I get older, there's so many things that I should be doing that I'm not doing. And when I say should, I, I mean, other adults do these things and, like, it's, a lot of it is health-related. Like, you're supposed to go to the doctor every year and I have not done that. And that's, that probably is a childish thing to do because... Like, I don't know, how do I put this into words? It's just something I struggle with. And that could be an executive dysfunction thing. It's, it could be a um, pathological demand avoidance type of thing. Pathological demand avoidance is otherwise known as PDA. It's where you don't do things just because people are telling you to do it. So I hate that society says, Every year you need to go get a checkup, and when you're this age, you need to start getting these checkups, and then when you're this age, you've got to start getting these. And I just, it, it makes me stop and not want to do those things. I don't like being told what to do, but I all, and I also know that those things are going to cause me anxiety. I have severe health anxiety to the point, like, where I will ignore things that are wrong and just hope they go away. And this is awful. I mean, like, I'm 
probably going to have a lot of health issues just come up suddenly that I didn't know about because I'm not taking care of them. But that's, you know, that's just one thing. And that might not be something that all autistic people struggle with because everybody's different. And you might even have a special interest of taking care of your body. You might be hypervigilant about it. You might be almost like a hypochondriac about it. A hypo or hyper, whichever one that is, where, you know, you something small goes wrong with you and you think, oh my God, I'm, I'm dying. I got to get to the hospital, you know, <laughs> and I'm the complete opposite of that. So I'm very childlike when it comes to that. Like children have to be taken care of and that's another subject I wanted to touch on. Now that I brought that up, I'm going to go with that. Um, so ch children need to be taken care of because all they want to do is play. No child is ever going to say, Mommy, can I go to the doctor, see if everything's okay? <laughs> That's not what a child ever would say. They're probably going to protest. And that's me. And then that's one thing about me that's never changed. And so, yeah, that's, uh, I'm wondering, are other people like that too? I think some of them can be because I, I, I've heard of, I mean, I know for sure that it's true with level three autistic people that need high support levels. Like if they can't even take care of themselves, they will need someone to take them to the doctor and all that stuff. But are people that are on the, the um, level one, you know, Asperger's syndrome level of it, do they struggle with this too? I do, and so I'm wondering how many others do too. That could be just me, but it also could be an autism thing. That's something I'm curious to learn, so let me know if that's you. Um, and so I, I think that there's probably a fine line here between childlike and childish in some of these examples. Like, it's not very mature and responsible to avoid your health. <laughs> but on the other side of the coin, maybe I am healthier for that because I don't focus on things that are wrong. I focus on the positive, which is I want to enjoy my life. I don't want to have anxiety about my health, so I'm going to, I'm going to listen to music now instead of go to the doctor. <laughs> I'm probably very wrong in how I'm viewing this, but it's just how I am and I can't help it. And I think that it's um, personal for everyone. Everybody's going to have a different opinion on that. So yeah, I'm as I'm talking, I'm kind of learning there's a lot of different things about life that they could be good or bad when it comes to being childish or childlike. And it also depends on your special interests, of course, because maybe you have a special interest that is very mature and responsible. Like maybe your special interest is finances or legal subjects. And those are very mature, responsible adult subjects. And those are things that I struggle with. So there might be people out there that they have a special interest in that. Like a lot of people have special interests in math and numbers and computers and those things are hard for me so maybe there are people out there that don't have these problems with being childish or childlike because 
And, you know, here's another thing, too. A lot of children will uh, almost seem more mature than their peers. I've heard this said. It kind of goes both ways. Like most autistic traits, it can go either way. You can have a lot of this or not enough of this. Or less, I should say. Not enough. Of any trait. So some autistic children will gravitate towards older kids and some will gravitate towards younger ones it might depend on you know and that would be that would make all the difference if you are one of those if you were one of those kids that gravitated towards younger children you probably are more childish childlike like me but if you gravitated towards older children and adults and maybe you learned to read at a young age you were talking early and you were more of like a little know-it-all <laughs> and I say that in a good way because I think it's good to be a know-it-all or at least think you do or I'm, I'm saying this wrong like I mean somebody that accrues is that the word I'm thinking of accrues or accumulates a lot of facts about something and that's usually when you have a special interest so I think it's good when those children have that and then they they can't talk about those things with younger kids, so they have to find older people to talk about them with. And those kids probably don't have a strong childlike side to them. They might look down on other kids that act childlike. So I think this is another one of those examples of things that could go either way. Like sensitivity. You could be hypersensitivity sensitive or hyposensitive. You might need extra stimulation or you might have an overabundance of stimulation and so I'm really curious about this one because I don't hear a lot of people talking about this subject of being childlike I mean I do hear a lot of people say that they feel like a child but I don't know how much of a percentage of the autistic population would go either way with this so I'm curious to hear from you if you feel like a child on the inside if you feel like others judge you for being too immature, for acting like a kid. And I think something that I just said I wanted to say more about, um, feeling like a child on the inside. So I hear this a lot and, you know, feeling like a child on the inside and acting like a child on the outside are <laughs> two different things, but I think that we should act how we feel in most situations like of course i wouldn't advise someone to bring a hula hoop to a funeral and just start doing the moves you know like that's not what i would recommend but like don't hide your hobbies your joys in life the things that you get pleasure from don't hide them in the right circumstances and stick up for yourself when people accuse you of being childish and immature. I mean, of course, it would depend on the thing. Like, there's probably limits to this. I've never actually experienced the, the upper limit where it's been detrimental for me or other people around me. Like, obviously, I I stick to myself when it comes to those things. Like, I, I do my hula hooping at festivals and in my yard. I'm not gonna bring my hula hoop over to my friend's house and just start doing it in their living room, you know? There's limits, but like, I'm not going to let someone tell me that I should not be so excited about things. 
and you know, and this is one of those things where people will either love you for it or or they will ridicule you for it. And I've mostly been ridiculed for all of the the ways that I act like a child. For all of the ways that I, you know, and that might help me look and feel younger. And that's something I'm glad I thought of too that I almost forgot to mention. I think when people feel young on the inside, they they don't hide it. They they're in touch with their childlike nature. They will feel younger. They will look younger. And they will be able to do more things. Like I, here's one example. <clears throat> I go to people's houses and I usually prefer to sit on the floor. And that is something that children do. Children don't sit properly in a chair with their feet on the floor and their arms in their lap. You know, they don't sit like that. Unless they're tired and they're crashing. But, like, <laughs> I will still go to people's houses and if they have carpeting. this I will not do this on hardwood floor because that's just uncomfortable. I need carpeting. I need softness. And a lot of times the floor is just, it's, I don't know what it is. Do other people do this? <laughs> Let me know if you sit on people's floors rather than their chairs. Like, I will just lean up against a couch you know, the, the cushion of the couch is soft and that's soft on my back. And I can bend my legs in any way I want. And it's comfortable because I'm used to sitting that way. I sit like that at home. I'll sit in a weird way. And you know, I've even seen somebody make a, a post in a Facebook group about this once. They posted a picture of themselves and I have to laugh because I do this all the time. They were sitting on a couch and they had one leg crossed under their butt and the other leg was swung over the other leg so they were almost like sitting one kneecap on top of the other kneecap but one leg was pointing in one direction and one leg was pointing under their butt sitting underneath them. And I thought, and this, and this person said, does anybody else ever sit like this? And I'm like, yes, yes I do. I also sit in all sorts of other weird contorted positions. I don't like sitting like an adult sits. And even as a kid in school, I remember being so uncomfortable in those desks. Like, I, I just wanted to sit on my feet or sit on both my feet and sit up, you know, like not on my butt. So like, that's, that's a childish, childlike thing that people look down on you for, for, for doing when you're an adult. And it sucks because why? Why is it bad for other people if I want to sit a certain way? <laughs> you know, like, I, they're my legs. Can I put them how I want to? <laughs> so like, that's just another example of the, something that does not affect anyone else. And it's fine sit how you want, sit like a child if you want. It helps you be more flexible. It will probably help you in the long run with your health to feel younger, to act younger. You know, it's, it's a shame that society looks down on anything that's viewed as childish. You know, even the way people dress. I love to wear pretty colors like purple, green, and blue are my favorite colors, and I like pink too. And those are seen as childish colors. Like adults, and this is funny, if you ever watch movies of 
or, you know, even in real life, but I've never been in an office like this type of setting. In an office setting with professionals, they're all wearing like pantsuits and suits and ties and dress clothes and they're always gray or brown or white or black or maybe like navy blue. There ain't gonna be nobody in there wearing a neon green and purple checkered outfit. <laughs> and so that's something that is childlike that I think we should embrace if you do like dressing outrageously like that. Why not? Who is it hurting? And I hate that, and that's another thing that sucks about work. There's always a dress code. There's always, and if there's not a dress code, there's still expectations of how you should dress. You know, most people wear things that are average and, you know, they're not going to grab attention. And it's not for attention. I don't wear crazy looking clothes for attention. I wear them because they're pretty. <laughs> you know, like, it's a visual stim for me to have pretty things on my body. Pretty colors around me. And if that's seen as childish, then so be it. To me, it's childlike. Because why should I limit my wardrobe to just four neutral ugly colors? <laughs> you know, like, I don't get the whole adult thing where you're all expected to tone it down. That's just something I've never gotten. Tone down how you look. Tone down the way that your voice sounds. Tone down your mannerisms. Tone down your activities and your hobbies and your interests and the things that you love. Tone down your excitement. That's how adults look at children and how they look at autistic people. They want us to just act so normal and look normal and behave normal. And it, yeah, it's just a subject that gets me annoyed a little bit. <laughs> Not angry because like, they can't help how their brains work, I guess. Just like we can't, we can't help how our brains work and they can't help how, what they like. But I think they can be a little bit more accepting and less judgmental. You know, wouldn't it be great if we could wear whatever we wanted out in public? Obviously not be naked, but like not showing things. <laughs> Unless you are a nudist, but you know, like we should be able to wear brightly colored, funky clothes and, you know, jump up and down when we're happy and get excited and act like a child. <laughs> because if you feel like a child on the inside, it's not a bad thing. We need to keep that connection to our inner child. And I could go into so many directions with that one because that's like a spiritual thing for me. I think on the inside, our souls are always going to be childlike. Our souls are always going to be here for enjoyment and joy and pleasure and what really matters. And what really matters is not sitting in a chair, stiff like a robot, and just wearing the same colors all the time. I don't think that that's what our soul is here for. Our souls are here to... And, you know, that's another thing. Like, I think autistic people 
are a little bit more connected to their soul, their their spirit. It's really about spirit, you know. It's the oh, there is a word I'm thinking of. I want to say funky, but it's spunky. That's what it is. <laughs> that was close. The word spunky, I think, you know, and now that I'm saying it, I actually had a friend in high school that called me spunky. And I think it was because I was always spunky and I acted in ways that other people didn't act. I acted like I was always excited and I, you know, like not, uh, not mature. I, I was not mature at all. <laughs> I've never been mature. And so let out your inner spunkiness. <laughs> Don't be afraid to let it out because we need to stay in touch with that spunky, spiritual inner child that is just here to enjoy life. And don't let anyone keep you from enjoying life. <laughs> so I'm just going to end this episode now because I'm kind of just repeating myself and I could probably go in a million directions with this subject, but basically the whole point was Neurotypical people are going to see us as childish, but we see ourselves as childlike, and I think that's a good thing, and I think we should embrace it. So thank you so much for listening to this episode, and if you are watching, listening to this on YouTube, thank you for all of your comments. It's been overwhelming. And if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, I put all of my episodes up onto YouTube for the, the community that's there because that's where people find me more. That's where I find more autistic people to talk to. YouTube is great for the, there's so many autistic channels on YouTube. So go to YouTube and follow my page because I will be putting all of my episodes there. And then you can also talk in the comments which are becoming so overwhelming for me. I just did a video on how grateful I am, am for all the support from the people that are subscribed to my channel. I cannot even keep up with the comments anymore and that's how you know that you're doing something right. So thank you so much everybody for listening and for your support and I will see you in next week's episode. <laughs>